Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of the B-Dub Brothers podcast. Um, we are today going to extend our conversation from our first episode a little bit and hop back into a discussion of tattoos. Um, now, we all have a couple tattoos, um, and given the recent pandemic, I think a lot of us have hesitated on getting too much more ink. Um, but I was thinking to get us back into the conversation Maybe each of us could say one tattoo that we want to get, um, the, you know, the first tattoo that we want to get once we uh, can get back into the, the, you know, the studio for a little bit more time, for a little bit more, you know, like a bigger session. Um, and then from that, maybe you could kind of explain how that tattoo feeds into your aesthetic, your choices and the, you know, the tattoos that you do have. Um, and you know how it kind of all articulates together. So, do either of you wanna wanna hop in with a tattoo that you're planning to get that you're that that's on the on the on the way? Daniel, you wanna hop in? <laughs> um, sure. Uh, the I think we've we've I don't remember who was there, but I a, like a year or two before the pandemic um, went into a tattoo shop around here and wanted to get some lettering done on my arm and was shut down because uh, the guy said there's like the loops were too small or something. Um, give a little context. It's a, like from a children's book or like, I guess a poem or a nursery rhyme that my parents used to, used to sing to me when I was younger and it's written in their handwriting. So one line from my mom, one line from my dad. Um, but the guy said he couldn't do it. And then Nick, and Marissa talked to their go-to tattoo guy and he said he'd do it no problem. So that's probably the next one I'll get if I ever come up to Minnesota, um, just have him throw that on me. That's, that's been one I've been sure about for a few years. And then, uh, when I say what it, what it says, uh, it says it's from the book. Of, I forget what it's called. I think it might even be called this. Um, but it says, I'll love you forever. I'll like you for always. Um, and that book always used to make me cry because then the next line is as long as I'm living my baby will be and it made me think about my parents dying and so I don't want that part on my arm <laughs> just the first two affirming lines um, <laughs> uh, but yeah that's the that's the that's the number one thing and that one doesn't really fit into any vibe that I want except for it'll be kind of darker lettering hopefully um, but it's going on my right arm where I don't plan on getting very many tattoos so in terms of like body uh coverage i'm leaving my right arm for smaller and, and kind of more meaningful tattoos that don't really play into any aesthetic um but i want a sleeve on my left left arm and then i've already got a tattoo on my thigh but i want another tattoo on my thigh with the uh wolf from princess mononoke because she's a badass and um i think it would just look really cool so that's where I'm at. Kind of, kind of two, two different ends of a spectrum, but uh, those are those will be my go-to's once we, once we can get into a shop. If I remember correctly, you, uh, the sleeve, you want a lot of floral designs. Is that still something you're thinking about? Yeah, the idea was to have uh, flowers or vines or whatever, like, inter like interlace different tattoos. Um, just because I'm a big fan of flowers and I like natural imagery but um i'm not really set on that I, I i think for for that sleeve i'm actually not too pressed about what the tattoos mean 
I'm looking for pretty stuff. <laughs> and I'll probably start higher up my arm before I get down to, to oh, what I really want are hand tattoos. That's that's kind of what I've been feeding for. But I don't know if if that's a smart career decision just yet. Um, I'll have to figure out where I want my visible tats, you know, once I'm maybe a year or two into my career, uh, which is kind of silly, but yes, what, what, I do. You want, want a word on your, on your fingers? I just wanted to say fuck. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and on your thumb, it can say I. <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah. And then if, on the other hand, it can say up. <laughs> yeah, and yeah. up. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> How about how about you, Rico? Are you uh Yeah, mine's a little bit more practical. Um I got a tattoo that uh is not perfect. It's on my elbow. It's a really, really tough place to get tattooed. It's super painful. And the because because your elbow because you're constantly folding and you know, unfolding and moving your elbow and it's also rubbing against clothes all the time. The I was told and warned about it that it was not gonna stick. And it's not, you know, it's, it's, it's going to fade quickly. And I was okay with that because I don't, I'm not, you know, the pain, although it was much worse than I thought it was going to be. Um, <laughs> it doesn't, it's not going to stop me from getting it uh, touched up, but what is going to stop me from getting it touched up is a pandemic apparently. So, um, and it's, it's not like, a, it's not like Daniel's tattoo. It doesn't require like a ridiculous amount of skill to, to, sh- to shade in. I think that to, to actually do it and to place it, the guy did a really good job. He, mm-hmm. I love the placement. He it's, it's just awkward because it's a circle. When you put it on an elbow, the circle becomes oblong mm. a little bit, you know? And so you kind of had to take a little bit of creative liberties on how to make it perfect. And I think he did a really good job. He definitely didn't do a perfect job, but he did a good job, but it's faded and it's faded considerably. And the more I think about the tattoo, I really, really like it. I really like what it stands for. And I like the design. I want to add things around it. Mm-hmm. But for the sake to answer of this question, um, the main thing I want to do is just get it filled in. So it's not so exciting. Uh, but I was there, Daniel, when that tattoo artist told you that the lettering was too thin and it would start melting or like kind of melting into each other. I didn't necessarily agree with illegible. that. Yeah, I didn't agree with that. I've seen some really, really, I don't know. It w- wasn't the guy that did my tattoo, right? That said that it was some other guy. It was, it, they sent me to the guy who at that shop, which is like that most expensive number one shop in, in Raleigh is like. We won't give uh, him a free it, plug. Yeah, I'm <laughs> redacted. Um, they sent me to the guy that was supposed to be like the number one of stuff like that at the shop. And the dude he's the just number not one guy. It. He's the number one guy because he doesn't do anything but super <laughs> shit. And he just spends hours and hours doing it, and it looks great. <laughs> it was just kind of whack because, like, I've seen smaller lettering, and I think what he was talking about is like in some of Mom's loops, like you might lose the hole in the eye, like because she writes in cursive. Like you, you might lose that little hole over over a couple of years, and people are still gonna know what it says. Like that's it. Just turns into a line. I, I. I I don't know. It, it just seems to just say your mom's handwriting is really bad, which it is. <laughs> yeah. It, Dad's handwriting is also really bad, but it's like kind of pretty. I don't like it's kind of hard to <laughs> I know what you're saying. It's like a yeah, it's it's like organized chaos. Yeah, mine mom's is just, is just ugly. Chaos. That's an excellent way of putting it. <laughs> but yeah, I think Daniel might actually have worse handwriting than me. I fought that idea for a <laughs> time, but after reading 
like or trying to read his Christmas card. I'm like, Jesus Christ. But there's also like bad handwriting that's legible. And I think like Rico, your handwriting is incredibly legible. Whereas is it Daniel's really? Yeah, yeah. I mean it's like it's you know it you know, especially because I don't think you write in cursive. And that helps like show like distinction between too many of the letters. But I think Daniel's letters just like they they're just it's like a block. Like the whole word is one block and it's incredibly difficult to pick up. I don't know I, I, how I managed it. I don't know how I managed it, but all of my vowels look the same. Like A E I O and U are all the same, which are the worst letters to mix up. And yeah. and and I also do this thing where uh, if the same letter ends a word that starts the next word, I just I just like my brain just puts them together and I turn it into one word that just uses the same letter. All right. So I used to write in cursive only because all right. Interesting, this quick story. I, when I was when growing up in Chile, they teach you cursive first and print second. And they the the timeline in which they do it, or at least when I was in school, is the same time. It's second grade. They switch you from from print to cursive in the United States. In Chile, it's cursive to print. They start teaching you how to print. Well, I moved here and went to school in third grade. So when I got here, they were teaching us cursive. Like I was like, ah, I got this. I'm good. I don't need to learn this, but I never learned how to properly print. Mm. So <laughs> from the age of like 18 to 23, 24, I like really started trying to like print all the time only. And I still wasn't very good at it. And you would think I'd be really good at cursive since I got double teaching, but no, I didn't. I, I just, <laughs> I assumed that I was good enough by third grade. I already had that attitude that I was like, fuck it. I'm good enough. I've already know how to do this. I'm not going to pay attention during this class. So yeah, my handwriting is awful, but I, I can write in cursive as well. And, and I used to only write in cursive. And now I've realized that my cursive has gotten so bad from lack of use. So the whole thing is fucked up for me. Because it's just not in our genes. It's, it's not, man. I, That's a, why I feel like I can express myself through words pretty decently. <laughs> I had a buddy in college who, be screwed. who uh, moved from Thailand to the U.S. when he was like 15 or something like that and apparently like to really get a good kind of academic mastery of Thai you have to study it for a very long time and then when he moved here he had to learn English and like to start learning English at 15 is very difficult and so he was like he would always complain to me when we were doing assignments because he's like I, I, I can't write well in English he's like but I, I have the like linguistic capabilities of a teenager in Thai so like I like in there's no language that I'm completely you know uh, mastery fluent in uh, and therefore yeah. you know it's not just writing for other people it's like it's like how I think he's like there are words that I just like I, I there are ideas <laughs> concepts that I can't come up with in any language because I don't like I'm not fluent enough in either language uh, and it's wow. just like that like wow. that I mean for for other people it's one thing you know like if it's hard to understand somebody else but like to to not be able to kind of you know it, I mean the, I struggle for words in English and sometimes but but I'm I'm pretty fluent so it's like I like there's there are, I know enough words to get around a concept but just no. man I, I feel like that's so detrimental <laughs> i'd be distraught yeah i'd talk I'd impressed i talk Thai real good i don't know how to say i don't know how to explain that i'm in love with someone because i don't know how to explain what that concept is in this language 
he just could never express himself to me. That's why we're getting a divorce. <laughs> you don't understand. That's so childish. <laughs> uh, back to the tattoo thing. Um, yeah. Wait, wait, I, Rico. I wanted to ask you. Yeah, ahead, I think you, you you said you wanted to get filled in, but what what is it? And what does it mean? You said it was it was significant. If it's okay to talk about. No. It, yeah. So of course. Like, yeah. Um, so it was a symbol that I found. Uh, ironically enough, I just looked at it. Um, I think I was reading. Um, was it a book of mine? It's, it's a stop sign. No. <laughs> it's um, it was one of those symbols, like um, you know, no, I was gonna make a joke, but no, I think I was at a friend's house, or maybe I was looking through one of my books, but it had um, symbols that, like, how symbols have affected our worlds and you know our our way of thinking and blah blah blah, and how they've been used to communicate and throughout the ages, and so it had the symbol, um, and. I didn't know what the hell it was, but it was really cool. And I obviously I don't know how to access that book anymore or where whatever literature I was reading. And um, we were in a van one time, and I think it was on the way to the beach. And I showed Daniel, and Daniel looked it up and found it. And uh, Umpaku is what it's called. And it was it it actually has a really unique history. Um, and so the more I researched it, the more I really enjoyed like what it meant started meaning something to me. So basically it's a, um, it's a Mayan pre-colonial symbol that was um, used to show it was a symbol for multiple gods and for, for um, like a, it was very similar to um, it symbolized that there were multiple gods, not, mm-hmm. it didn't, specific gods but it was like multiple gods and it also was very similar to a yin yang in eastern culture which i always loved the yin yang but i never wanted to get the yin yang tattooed on me because i feel like it's it's too it's everywhere it's a pepsi sign for god's sake right right so um when i saw this and i was like oh wow this actually stands for like good and bad bad and good up and down down and up and also it, it's like a um a symbol for spirituality uh, the multiple god thing so I was like, wow, this is freaking really cool. But then um, when the Spaniards came and, you know, they only brought goodness, mm-hmm. <laughs> they misconstrued. They actually thought that that symbol, because they saw it in Aztec, um, uh, uh, they, they saw it in clothes, on Aztec clothes, and it was woven into Aztec. Um, and so they were kind of like, what is this? They assumed that it meant one God. And it meant that because I don't even know that the Aztecs really knew what it was because it was a Mayan symbol. Mm. But the Aztecs used it. And and so the the Spaniards corrupted it and perverted it and said, oh, this is a symbol for one God. And so it became it was the indigenous symbol for one God for of the people in this area. And so it became known as a symbol for one God. And that's scientists for the longest for the longest time thought, thought that's what it was. And then until they discovered ancient Mayan ruins that had the umpaku on it, and they were like, wait a minute, this means something completely fucking different. And so there's irony in between that and the in in that, like how, oh wow, like you know, these this pre-colonial ancient society had this really cool and um I don't know, unique symbol that meant something so, so special to them. And then it was perverted and it became something I say perverted, but I mean, to the Spaniards or maybe even to the Aztecs, it meant something great for them too. But to me, it's uh, yeah, there's, there's, 
there's something there. I think I, it, it, it's also, it's also fascinating. Cause it's, I mean, you know, regardless of what the symbol looks like, it's, it's taking culture that means multiple things, diversity, uh, you know, multiple representation and kind of collapsing it into this idea of oneness and, and kind of taking away that kind of, like you mentioned that uniqueness, the, the um, complexity of it, which, which can, can be metaphorical for it's so more much more. Metaphorical. Of, yeah, yeah. 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 yeah that's really cool. Thinking. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's exactly. It. And you got it. And I, I didn't want to, I didn't want to say that, but I wanted you guys to know what it meant. And obviously you get it. And to me, that's what it means. It's a hypocrisy. And uh, um, yeah. it's also, it, it's, it's aesthetically a really cool symbol. Yeah. I really enjoy it. And it's, I, I don't know why I picked the elbow because it doesn't really, it doesn't accentuate it very well, but I wanted something there and I went with it there. I think that's, um, the ideal uh i guess like the ideal path of getting a tattoo that you don't know what it means um and it like ending up being something really cool to you and 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 whatnot because imagine if it was like like just like back in ancient mayan culture it just meant like caution wet floor (laughs) worked your way back to that like oh damn it (laughs) yes stop there stop don't read any more history stop when you like it (laughs) yeah you really looked out it's sick i remember looking up in the car like swirly black and white uh ancient symbol and getting there and yes uh definitely optimal (laughs) it's modern archival work yeah i mean there was definitely um some vetting process that went from that from that car ride or from me liking it originally in the day of finding out what it was to me getting inked on me by the, you know, like I, I knew all of this stuff before I put it on there. For example, so what I'm getting at is I knew that it did not mean caution, caution wet floor sign. No, I, I think that my knowledge of what it means has grown because I've wanted to know more about it, but I already knew. That makes way more sense. Yeah. All those intricate um, little tidbits of knowledge about the, about the symbol itself um, where I already knew like when I got, I got him tatted, I just didn't know how far the rabbit hole went, <laughs> but There's yeah, this, uh, I, I was at the very least sure that it did not mean caution wet floor. <laughs> There's this uh TikTok star that her name is Bella Porsche who had a tattoo on her arm and she's like now the fastest growing TikToker in the world. Um, but one of her tattoos apparently was like, Oh, I don't remember what it was about it was some, I, I don't really remember but people saw it and immediately like just roasted her for it and she just had no clue so she had to get it cut she's like from the u.s and she had to get it touched up because like completely i guess no what's that called when you um covered up uh because it's like some hateful symbol uh Aww. that millions of people were like what are you doing um just because she had no clue when she first got it so that's like worst case scenario <laughs> you got best case yeah. scenario I, th- I think all tattoos should have some vetting process. I mean, some <laughs> vetting, you know, not, not, I don't think you have to belabor the point You don't have two. to vet it like mom. <laughs> Just not. Yeah. Vetting process is me saying no. Yeah. I'm not going to do it. I thought about it. No. That, that worked for us three. 
<laughs> yeah, right. That's like like motorcycles. <laughs> no, Rodrigo, no. <laughs> Nick, what are your tattoo goals? Um, I think I discussed a bit about my aesthetic choices and the kind of placement last time. So I guess yeah, the bear, the bear and stuff. I, I think I have a lot of ideas, but I think one that I haven't talked to you guys about is um, I want to get two, maybe three, but definitely at least two hyenas on my uh, chest. I think continuing with the Grendel kind of, you know, looking at creatures that have been villainized and seen as ugly and cast as enemies um, in movies and, you know, symbology, et cetera. Um, bringing that back in as, you know, they're pack animals, they're, they're a matriarchal society. They're very like powerful as a group. They laugh and play with each other and they're, they're kind of um, si- simultaneously, uh, you know, carnivores so they are predatory but they they also are social animals right and i think that that's kind of the 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 meanings that i that i appreciate in a lot of those kind of um anti-aesthetic choices is that the that you know the reason we feel that way about certain creatures is because we cast them in that light and we tell stories about them in that light and so i don't know i'd like the idea of getting two hyenas playing you know wrestling or, or whatnot with some background. Um, and uh, I, so there's this tattoo artist that I really, really love in Chicago, but she um, only, she, she's very popular. So she only does like, she, she asks for submissions once every couple months and then she picks from those. And um, so I submitted twice my idea to her cause she does like, she, her big thing is animals and she does um, like very beautiful rendering of animals with, incredible like the backgrounds always flow with what the animals are doing and i can i can send you her instagram if you guys want but um definitely anyway she i I have not been accepted for the thing and and it's mostly it's mostly a lottery so it's not like a idea thing but um you know maybe once the pandemic's over and i'm in my final years at graduate school in chicago i can i can get into her into her one get a slot from her but um yeah that's that's kind of where i'm at and i think uh, uh the chest placement is mostly for looks but you know i feel like the chest can have a lot of symbolic meaning of you know above the heart and th- kind of i don't know when you stand up with your chest out it's kind of defensive yeah. and powerful but um it's also yeah. matriarchal and feminine or not feminine but yeah yeah i i think the hyena is a fucking great animal choice man and it is so Mis misrepresented in Hollywood, especially. Sure. And then I wonder, you know, grandma or or grandma would be one to ask about this, maybe. But or maybe even Dave. But I wonder if in African literature it it's it's um mm-hmm. represented so negatively because I don't think it would be. Um That's a good question. The, the Western patriarchal <sighs> you know colonialist view of things like the lion is the great king and the hyena is its arch rival because it's dirty and annoying and it makes noise and it's you know i wonder if more some of that has to do with its matriarchal you know we know that in europe for example um you know things that were associated with paganism and in women and like the moon versus the sun type thing you know religion kind of took over and 
demonized yeah. those things and made them made them like an alternative way of living and bad whereas like i wonder you know if the hyena suffered because of our own closed-mindedness in western culture as well that's a fascinating question i think it, it it really links to as well you know with with hunting and animal preservation like american or western ideals and and sentiments towards megafauna in africa you know like how how removed is that from like the lived experience both in contemporary african culture but also you know historical like you're mentioning like what what you know what stories what um imagery is used around hyenas and did you know <laughs> did the kind of british and other colonial conquest into africa bastardize those stories to the point that they you know demonized them like we have today or were they also demonized in you know different different communities and there and the you know with all that aside they are a really scary animal the 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 female is 30 to 40 percent larger than the male i don't know if you knew mm -hmm. this and also their um um the the tube which they give birth is really small so they have a lot of stillbirths mm -hmm. um because the female the female's vagina is more like a penis yeah and I don't know if you knew <laughs> I this. Know, stuff, I didn't know that. The, their the clitoris hyena, is very big. Yeah. Yeah. Well, they they have a, their their tube that they give birth through is very thin, because their vaginas are like penises, and mm. so they they have a lot of stillbirths. So a lot of their their young die, unfortunately. I didn't know that part of it. Yeah. yeah. The females are 30, 40, 30 to forty percent larger than the males. They're huge, and their, their bite, bite strength. Yeah. It's badass. I mean, it's it's just a crazy, awesome animal. That's it does have some aesthetically scary shit, though. I mean, it's kind of like you know yeah. they'll eat anything. They can their jaws will break through bone. Yeah, you know. I, I also like. I think you know with the lion, especially like you mentioned, it, you know, it's it's very poised. It's very like straight back. It's we think of we associate it with like pride and and you know power and and etc. And the, the hyena is like very hunched almost and kind of like, you know, like the, if you watch them hunt together, they're always like watching the back and, you know, like they're not going to ever go off on their own and try to fight something, you know, that, that, that doesn't make sense. So, yeah, no, I think it's, 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 it's fun to watch them kind of interact, but yeah, it's, they're, they're not, they're not um, weak by any means and they're not, you know, to be trifled with, especially, when they're, you know, protecting their young or with other hyenas. Yeah. I think that the lions are what human beings hope, wished, and hope, wish that we look like, you know, as a society and individually. And hyenas are probably closer to what we actually look like, you know, very successful, very powerful, but we kind of just look like these jerk offs, like making all these noise and <laughs> fucking shit up everywhere. Yeah. And, and the, you brought in like the, the gendered kind of representation too. I think it's kind of interesting. Like, you know, ma male lions kind of lay around and then, you know, kind of pose, pose as, def you know, defending the, the pack when predators come by and then the, the female lions go out and do all the hunting. <laughs> you know, probably actually do a lot of the fighting too. Um, yeah, they actually do. I think that's uh, misrepresented in, in a lot of the nature videos is the females will actually, you know, fight, but they, they have to preserve themselves as the, as the hunters. So they often don't mix it up with the bigger lions and stuff but they will help out because they also know that their you know their babies are going to get killed if they don't win so yeah you know about that yeah i i, I knew 
David Attenborough did a thing on tigers once, and this this uh, mother tiger died, and two cubs that were like younger, almost almost adolescent, were kind of left on their own, and they were basically being chased out of the this territory by another male lion um, that had either killed the the mom or sorry tiger that either killed the mother tiger or was just there, and I think the scene like ends with not showing it but like implying that the the male tiger killed the the killed the two cubs because they weren't you know they his. weren't his yeah <laughs> so Shit, that bloodline yeah yeah but i you know i don't i don't want to place too many of my own <laughs> you know ideas about feminism onto onto these animals but i i do think they they what they represent to me are, are kind of cool and and whatnot um, I know we have to go in a minute, but I was thinking, what do we do a rapid fire kind of um, go around of which tattoo you've had that was the most painful and uh, just, uh, you know, kind of wrap up our discussion, what placement kind of issues you had with that. When do you go first? Sure. Uh, my hands down was my calf. Um, I don't think I've had anything <laughs> uh, come anywhere close. In fact, my back tattoo, I didn't like, I just didn't feel it. Like it was, it was like I, I felt the scratching but it was like not an issue um in the slightest my arm was fine my my thigh was okay my thigh had fallen asleep and so if you ever get a tattoo where you're you you can't feel the leg it's like the weirdest sentiment but the calf was just um if it felt like he, like he was just like digging into my skin and like you know, I also, I'm like relatively ticklish and I think I'm not flexible. And so my tendons are really tight. And so like, just that kind of like, not like trying to control my legs. So I didn't kick him in the face on accident was, uh, was, was more of an issue, but yeah, that was probably my most painful. And my back was definitely like the, the easiest piece. Dan. Well, I just have two smaller line drawings. So I didn't feel either of them. Um, but I imagine if I ever get my skull tattoo, my or like the tattoo on my skull, that'll probably be the most painful one. Are you thinking about um, doing the back? Yeah, shaving the the back of my head and then getting a tattoo up there. There's this um, <laughs> there's this uh, where I got the hippo actually a tattoo shop where one of the artists did just the sickest moth on the back of someone's head, and it like I was just like I would get that same exact tattoo. Um, it's so cool and you know your hair will grow back in over it so like you can you can shave it when you want it and leave it when you don't so i don't have any pain <laughs> yeah mine i didn't even feel mine but uh, i've seen enough ink master episodes to know that your skull is gonna hurt like a bitch <laughs> i just i just, i just like want to hear the rattling <laughs> i feel like that'd be crazy but we'll see if i can get there one day that's the goal pain is just a it's a mental thing what about sure. what about you rico uh well i'm gonna go sign on that calf tattoo man I, i've never tapped um or asked for a break from a tattoo except for when i did my calf. <laughs> so and that's including the elbow um oh, wow. i think that i think the elbow tattoo was more painful but it's a much smaller tattoo and the pain is different um mm-hmm. you're, you're feeling like uh something hit your bone because the, there's nothing there between the elbow bone and, you know, like your skin is, there's like no muscle or nothing. And that kind of hurts. And it, it, it actually does really, really hurt. But the calf is, there's so much there 
like you have like skin and obviously then you have like the the muscle and the fat and it just felt like that gun was going to pierce into my into my meat and i was like Fuck. Yeah. yeah do you think it's because we're so strong like not strong like we soccer. have like because our because like there's a picture of the three of us at mom and dad's anniversary party where all our legs just kind of look the same uh, <laughs> where it's just like yeah we've just got strong calves and I when i got my thigh before. tattoo yeah when, when i got my thigh tattoo the guy was like do you have runner's thigh i said what and he's like oh no you don't that's cool and i was like you saying i have I, I don't have a strong thigh <laughs> he said no but when when like runners come in you just like you're tattooing a rock and i'm wondering if like that's what it is with our calves where it's like you're digging into muscle straight away is what mm. makes it so painful i have well, no clue just a theory. I mean, it, it, it could be it could be it just it felt like it was gonna yeah i hurt like hell <laughs> yeah i i the shading was the worst part just going over the same line over and over again. I yeah. I, I also have you ever seen a runner's thigh, Dan? I think what they're talking about is just just like shapes. It's like like just concrete looking. There's like a divot in the bottom of your thigh. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Cristiano Ronaldo's leg, man, is ridiculous. Yeah. Alexis Sanchez has the same thing. He's that thigh muscle. That's why he's always showing off his leg. Dude, R- Roberto Carlos could get like any tattoo he wants on his thigh because he's just got real estate for days (laughs) 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 can't tattoo rocks though that's what you should title this one is roberto carlos's thigh (laughs) (laughs) he was like five five or five six he was a little dude huge he's a champ though what a guy i watched some i used to watch his videos which just just cracks me up because he's a like an outside back well why don't we um wrap it up there uh for the listeners we are not going to talk about tattoos every week um we will (laughs) (laughs) discuss other concepts but we have been a little enamored with the the idea of of tattoos for a while so uh join us next week we'll probably um dive into concepts of spirituality transcendentalism maybe even talk about experiences with uh uh aliens and ghosts and sasquatches (laughs) Yeah, should be a good one. <laughs> but uh, thanks again for tuning in, and this has been a B Dub Brothers podcast. Later. <laughs>